everyone, and welcome back to the Magic Fandom Podcast. We are in episode three, technically episode four if you count our intro, but today we are talking about a very, very wonderful series. First and foremost, though, I am Alyssa. My husband Dalton is here. Hello, hello. And uh, this is going to come out way after, but I just want to let y'all know that today is his birthday, so happy birthday. Yes, the day that we are (laughs) recording this is... Indeed, my birthday. Happy birthday. I love you. I love you. <laughs> um, All right, so. enough of the mushy <laughs> So this is actually starting what we are calling our first series on this podcast, and we are calling it the Short-Lived Series. Series. Um, and basically what that means is we're going to cover some shows, uh, maybe... A book series, maybe, maybe. A, a, a movie franchise that was, for whatever reason, cut too was short. cut short. Uh, and so we thought, why not kick this uh, series off with possibly one of the most treasured short-lived series, Firefly, and uh, its subsequent movie film, Serenity. Serenity. Yes, um... Written and directed by none other than Joss Whedon himself. He, um, I mean, he's, some people say he's king of the nerds. He uh, has he, his hands in a lot. He's definitely up there. He's he, definitely up there. He has his hands in a lot of different things. Um, most notably, he is the creator of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer franchise. Yes. Um, which is wonderful. Side note, Dalton has not seen that, so maybe that can be added to this list of episodes that we do, but... Not necessarily short-lived, No, but, it was very not a... It was not a short-lived series at all. It but we still several, should have an, a couple yes, episodes on Buffy. Yes, that may be something we... Uh, Especially because it's your first time watching it. It'd be cool to like watch it with a first-time yes, viewer. Yes, uh, yeah, that'd um, be interesting. Because we all grew up with it. And so anyway, it's... Uh, uh, yes, Joss Whedon. Buffy, he did Cabin in the Woods, if you recall. He did Cabin in the Woods. He also, much less known, he co-wrote... Toy Story. Yes, that was my last one, is that he is a, he has a screenwriting credit in the original 1995 Toy Story film, which I think is awesome. I yeah, was like, Joss Whedon! really cool. Um, he also directed um, Age of Ultron. Yes, And Justice League, yeah. And also Justice League, yep. Um, so yes, so he is a, uh, an acclaimed, you would say, writer, director. I think his writing style, in my opinion, is very, very specific to him and a lot of his stuff does kind of have i mean most artists i mean you can usually tell a spielberg film you can always tell a tarantino film like most directors do have their own kind of style their style they are known for that's true that's very true so this firefly is no different um joss whedon is really good at writing ensemble pieces I would say like this this I would say is just I mean I love ensemble shows in general just where it's based on like a strong group of characters as opposed to just one writing he always have characters that are different but mesh well together and almost all of his stuff he has absolutely groups like that yeah um and this one I mean so many different characters from different walks of life yes. are in this show, but they all are on the same crew and they're working together, and it's just, it's awesome to see. Um, yeah, yeah, they you and they kind of make a point to show and talk about the differences 
in the opening sequences of this. And this is a series, Firefly. By the way, we will go ahead and say, spoiler alert, we will be talking about some episodes, and we will, of course, be talking about the movie Serenity, and there will be some spoilers in there. So if you have not seen this and you want to watch this series and movie before you listen to this, go right ahead, come back to us afterwards, or just give us a listen. Maybe we can convince you to go and watch it there ourselves. There you go, yeah. Uh, so this this series is interesting because it has, like, two opening sequences. It always starts with uh, kind of a flashback of some voiceover narration. It's kind of explaining the premise of the year that you're in. You're in we're in the year 2517, mm-hmm. um, and it tells you that our Earth has... We've left our Earth. We found another galaxy with dozens of planets, and we terraformed those planets, and they had dozens of moons, and we terraformed the moons. And so there's all this, and then there's this central alliance that kind of governs it, and there's this war that was between the people that wanted all the planets to be independent and the people that wanted to have this alliance of planets. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so that's kind of an opening sequence, and then it has like a cold opens. Right. And then it goes to a theme song. Yes. And I actually didn't realize that it really does have two yeah, opening sequences. it really does. That is so funny. Yeah. I mean, uh, going back to the opening that you mentioned, the first opening, the kind of narration, um, I noticed that it was not in the pilot episode. The first episode didn't have no. it. But the, the next, you know, 13 episodes have that opening sequence of because like, this is what's happening in the world. The first episode is... Basically, a feature film. It's an yeah, hour and a half longer. long. It is longer, and um, it kind of gives you a, a brief backstory of all these characters. Yes. And so the rest of the episodes are about forty-four minutes. They're you mm-hmm. know about an hour long. They were an hour long block TV on slot. TV slot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they the voiceover narration is kind of like oh. If you, in case you forgot, this is what happened. Here's what's happening. Let's in that put you, first episode. Let's this is put what... you in this world, kind of a thing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we don't know. Legend has it, so it's um, it technically it produced a total of fourteen episodes, but it was canceled after eleven episodes on air. Um, and then there's also some people that say that, or maybe it's true or facts. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, but there are some people that say that Fox, I believe, was the network at first, um, released the first couple episodes out of order. Yes. And so a lot of people were very confused by it and were like, okay, who are these characters? What are they doing? What's happening? And that's why some people think that it was canceled after just a few episodes, not even because a full season. the viewership was not what they wanted. Correct. Because they believe it was aired out of order. Right. That's why. That's why when they came out and released it on you know streaming services and even before that uh, on like box set releases, they had them in the correct order that it was supposed to be in, and people loved it. Like it instantly became one of those things that everybody was like, "Have you watched Firefly yet? Watch it." Oh, why yeah. did they cancel this show? This show is amazing. And there's such a crazy like almost like cult following even now. However yes. many years later, there are still people out there that are. You know, they consider themselves brown coats and they're, yes. they like are so excited about, you know, when they find somebody else that has seen it because it's just 14 episodes in a movie. And so a lot of people missed it and mm-hmm. missed out on it. And so if you find a person that is like, wait, you watched Firefly? I watched Firefly. It's a very like 
camaraderie type feeling, yes. I feel like. It's one of those shows. Well, and part of the reason people wanted more so much and still to this day want more is because the way Joss Whedon had to end it after those 14 episodes and they were like two years later after the last episode aired they were like we got you a movie to wrap things up Mm -hmm. and that was Serenity aired two years after the one season of Firefly Mm -hmm. aired um, in 2005 so he had to wrap everything up in one movie. In what he was expecting. I mean, I would have to think he was expecting at least three, maybe four seasons of this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because he, I mean, he had to have known that he is a good writer. Yeah. I and mean, so, I hope so. I yeah, hope he knows If he that. doesn't, he should know that. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's, it's, such, it's, it's such good writing, and it's so different. Just the plot and the, the, the basic plot of, like, Space cowboys. Space cowboys. Space cowboy pirates. Yes. It's it's (laughs) very... Nathan Fillion's character, Captain Malcolm Reynolds. Mm -hmm. uh, Great character. He plays it fantastically. And everybody in this show. uh, Even, like, for me, I don't recognize very many of the people in this show. Uh, You obviously have Nathan Fillion, who has done, you know, many movies, many other TV shows, uh, including The Rookie. That's Yep, he's currently in The Rookie. I love that. He was in Castle for however many seasons that lasted. Yeah, that lasted for a while. That was a wonderful show. Uh, several movies. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if anybody out there remembers Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog with Nathan Fillion and, uh, oh gosh, Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Felicia yes. Day. That's another one that's not, I mean, it wasn't, you know, a movie or anything like that. But it, it was, was on Netflix, correct? I think, I think it was on Netflix. But it's, it was originally just like a web, like just a video yeah, that they made yeah. and the fans loved it. And it was, I think it was right around the Firefly time too. It was around that kind of era. But anyway... Um, yes, so going back to... That was relatively recently, wasn't it? Dr. Horrible? No, it's been... Oh, it's been very Yeah, I mean, I was... My friends and I were obsessed with it in high school. Oh, like, okay. Dr. Horrible has been around for a long time. Okay. It might have been released to Netflix recently. I have no idea. Maybe that's what but it, it is. But I'm pretty sure it started as, like, a web show. Um, it's very good. It's like a musical. It's weird. It's it, very weird. We'll have to but give it's that awesome. one. Uh, I haven't Summer seen Blau. it in a while. Summer Glau yes. is Summer also Blau. in this. Um, from... She's been in many things. Um, so we have, let's see. So character-wise, we talked about Captain Mel, captain yes. of the ship, Nathan Fillion. Then we have, um, going kind of down the list, uh, Zoe. Yes. Who is her, Gina Torres. Is her, is Mal's right hand. Yep. They were in the war together. They have the, that kind of a kinship with each other, yeah. and, you know, being in battle together. Gina Torres um, has been in a ton of stuff. She was uh, in Suits, if anybody watched that. Um, I just saw her in an episode of Riverdale, which was insane. Yes, plays the guidance <laughs> counselor in Riverdale. Yes, I was, um, I'm starting to, to get back into Riverdale. It got kind of crazy for me. I'm coming back in. Maybe we'll do Riverdale episodes in the future. But circling back, um, Captain Mal, we got Zoe. I love Zoe. I don't know how you feel about her. I think she's a wonderful character, and her arc is really nice. I... I like her. She's a great character. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's about it. I mean, it. I feel like you think, like, comparatively to the other characters, she's, like, fine. Like, you you buy it, obviously. You buy her no, character. No, I buy her character. Yeah. 
And I think, I think maybe when I said arc, maybe I didn't mean arc because Zoe is pretty consistently the same throughout the entire yes. thing. Very, she's, she's very stoic. She is very stoic. That's a great word for her. She's stoic. She's, but you can tell when she brings out that kind of emotion, it means more yes. because yes. she doesn't usually. So, so, you know, the scenes with her and Wash are always yes. really sweet and they're very real to Wash, me. Wash played by Mr. Alan Tudyk. Uh, um, a star, of, a star. Yes. <laughs> He's been in many things such oh. as, uh, you may remember him from A, a Knight's Tale. Mm -hmm. It's called a long. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> My family quotes that line more than any other line in the movie. I he think. has we such love it. like specific characters too, such eccentric characters that it's like that one and um, Tucker and Dale versus that's Evil. That's the one. Yes, yeah. he was. Uh, that was an incredibly hilarious <laughs> um, pseudo horror film that was like He's a horror. So funny. A mock you horror film, like it a was slasher hilarious. kind of. Yeah, it's yeah so funny. And he good. does he does so well in whatever he's in. And more more recently, he's kind of been the king of Disney a little bit because he's um, kind of followed in. Um, I think his John Ratzenberger's footsteps yeah. because he used to and still does at least one voice in every Pixar film. That's like the constant that he does. He's um, the voice of Ham among others. Um, Alan Tudyk is kind of following in those footsteps because he was Hey Hey in Moana. Yeah. He was, um, the, uh, Wesselton, the Duke of Wesselton in Frozen. Um, he was in Zootopia. He was that guy that was selling pirated DVDs, I think. He was a weasel. He was a weasel. Yeah, okay, weasel. Okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, no offense, <laughs> I love Alan Tudyk. He's hilarious. I've I, I watched a lot of his stuff. Kind of does look like a weasel. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I think it's maybe the I eyes. I mean that in the most respectful way <laughs> I could possibly say. The sh it's the shifty eyes, maybe. It is the shifty eyes. <laughs> but I will say, out of all the characters he's done, all the characters and the voices and all of that stuff that I've seen him in, I think Wash might be the most lovable. And the one that I... It's the one that I like the most. No, I do love the his character Wash. To me... My favorite is always going to be his character in A Nice, a nice tale. tale. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. So, yes. So, Mal, Zoe, Wash, we now have to talk about Mr. Jane Cobb. Jane. <laughs> Jane, Jane, Jane. Okay, so here's the, the thing. What, what did they call him? The, uh... The hero of Canton. The hero the of Canton. The man we call Jane. Fun, um, fun fact, just real quick. Uh, Alan Tudyk's character in A Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah. Very similar to Wash. It was Watt. Oh, wow. And Wessel Wesselton. Wesselton. And Weasel. Weasel. Uh, he... <laughs> Alan Tudyk, why do you only play you? characters that start with W? We see you, Alan. We see you. Um, anyways, so back to Jane, Adam Baldwin. Um, what did... So, we, we love to hate him. What was your first impression of Jane? So, I, I know... People like Jane. <laughs> okay. Um, I they're they look out for themselves mostly, and will take what they can in almost any way they can. But more often than not, fiercely loyal, and you wouldn't want another person to have your back. I and that to me encompasses Jane. It's like yes. He is morally ambiguous. He does some <laughs> shady things. Questionable. Uh, very questionable things. But 
He always has the captain's back. He always will go to fight. Even if he has got himself into the situation, he will still go and fight for, you know, who, who he's with. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I think, like I said, I love to hate him because of all the reasons you said that, like, he, he'll do 10 terrible things or 10, like, just say terrible things about women and yes. gun, violence in general, all of that. But then he does one good and loyal and sweet thing and you're like, Jane, you know, like you and just automatically it's, just love him again. It's usually in a situation where it's like, there's not really much else of a choice. It's like, mm -hmm. if he doesn't do this thing, then something bad's going to happen. It's like in a tense situation, he always does the right thing. Correct. I think the exception to that would be when they sold, when he sold out. Simon and River and the captain had to have that thing where he was on the other side of the door threatening his life. That scene was awesome to me. Well, and even even that scene was great, but before that, you know, he turned them in. That's correct. Mm -hmm. But when he realized that he had been double crossed, he was immediately like, All right, well, how are we all three gonna get out of here? Like he was immediately like, Okay, well now I'm taking you back. I guess. He yeah. was like I guess so, so. Uh, there is definitely and and right redemptive factors. Yes, factors yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, writing wise and story wise, it would make it makes sense that he's the way that he is because it causes the other characters to kind of show their, um, I don't know, the, their their character, their 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 way towards him. I mean, in uh, for yeah. example, when after he sold out Simon and River and Simon was really, really mad at him as he should be and all of that stuff. But then Jane got hurt mm -hmm. si and then Simon got to have that scene with him to be like, I'm your doctor. No matter what you do to me, I will take care of you. Yeah. I think is important, an important scene for Simon to have. It was so I get important. It. Yeah. And it, and it showed Jane. It was like, wait, I really messed up because this guy has all the power over me right at this moment, and he's being the bigger man. Is like I that very much led his character progression. I agree. Further on, and he wasn't the same after that. Yeah, I definitely agree. So it makes sense, and like I said, there are several things that Jane. I mean, he 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 did get a chuckle out of me every so often. He'd say something, but I'd be like, "All right, I have to laugh at that." I mean, that re <laughs> whole redemption arc of. Uh, Janestown, that episode, uh. where he goes back to this town that he he believes he wronged and he made a lot of enemies, and it actually turns out that the town this town has idolized him, literally. They made yep. a giant statue of him. Mm -hmm. They wrote a folk song a about folk him. A folk song. Uh, it, it turns out it was a big misunderstanding. Yeah, it was and an accident. Even when he came clean and realized his mistakes and was that whole speech he was very apologetic and mm -hmm. like you could see the remorse in his face and yeah. that he wished he hadn't done this and thing. but it's cool the way he played it as an actor and the way that joss wrote it it's like he almost he didn't want he never wants to show too much emotion no, absolutely not you can tell that jane is is it really does feel bad but yes. he can't voice that yes so he you can tell that he was uncomfortable saying that speech in front of that whole town but that it needed to be said it was just very very well done and so we we like jane in this house i guess but i mean he's made some mistakes the rest of the crew have too whatever 
It's but all, James is more about aggressive sec- about it. They're all about second chances and even third chances. It's very true. It's very true. So after Jane, going on down the list, we've got Dear, Dear Shepherd Book. Oh, gracious. Shepherd Book. <laughs> the, the pastor, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, can we talk about this, you guys? Have there been, like, fan fictions written about this? Or has Joss, like, spoken out about it? Because, like... Who is, hashtag, who is Shepherd Book? Like, well, see, here's the thing. I 100% believe, what did he keep telling, if you pay attention through all the episodes, mm-hmm. what does he keep telling Mal? He keeps telling him, you have to have something to believe in. Yes. In the movie, Serenity, we meet a character who is what they call a believer. And they only believe one thing. And that that thing is the, their mission. And they get told by this people that this person needs to die and that is for the good of everybody. And that is what they believe until they fulfill that duty. I think Shepard, because you see all in all the episodes for the series, you see him do all of these things that make it seem like he is a covert badass. Yeah. Because you see him working out and he's lifting a lot of weight. Yes. And he's very, like... People are like, oh, wow. You see him without a shirt on for a brief second in one episode, and and he's cut up. Like He, yeah. he works out. I believe we're supposed to be believed that he is a former believer, like the guy that came after uh, the crew of the Serenity and Summer Glau's character. So you think he's like former Alliance? I think he was a former assassin person that doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Like like they were training River to be. Because you see when he shows his credits to people, mm-hmm. especially in that one episode when they're like, we got to get on this planet, but we don't have credentials to get this through there. And he's like, no, I have them. And they're like, oh, crap. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you're, this is the one you're talking about, but when he gets hurt, when he, I think he gets shot or something, he gets hurt and they want the Alliance ship to help. That's the episode. That's the yeah, one. That's, and he's like, oh, my identification Get, this, get this man to the infirmary now. Yeah. I think that popped up and was like, this is a person that doesn't exist because he's an Alliance assassin. <gasps> I think he is a retired or um, just a former former assassin, and that's why he was as secretly awesome as he was. And then he just became a preacher. And he just—I don't even know. I think the preacher was more of a a front kind of thing. Ooh. I think the believer nobody, aspect. Nobody would suspect. Well, yeah, I think the believer aspect—they were devoutly religious in mm-hmm. their beliefs, and so I think. There is some of that, but I don't think he was a legit shepherd. I think he... It was just a cover. It was just a cover. I would I would agree with that. And I was saying, like, this whole time, because I've, I've watched this, this series through several times um, throughout my childhood, because uh, my dad really, really loved it, so we watched it together. Um, and so watching it back with Dalton this last time, I was like, there's got to be an episode where... You know, there's an episode on Shepherd Book and there's a flashback of like who he was before or something. You know, like I'm like, somebody has to say something, but the entire time, nobody, there was, no, it was not even brought up about Shepherd Book's past. And I, I like to think that Joss Whedon had all the intentions of explaining that maybe, character. Maybe he did. If 
not for it being canceled. That's true. I didn't think about that. Maybe you're right. And he probably wanted to do that for everybody. And he probably did. And when you get to Serenity and characters are... Spoiler alert, again, uh, characters are killed off. That's... Um, mm-hmm. Shepard being one of them, and you never really learn his origins. Right. I think it was more due to time constraints, really, more than anything. I was reading an article uh, about the movie, and... and it said that Joss Whedon had told every character that, or every person in the film that their character was expendable. Mm. Um, so he was like, I can kill anybody I want to. And I, I don't know that that's, I don't know if that was out of spite because he was angry that it was uh, canceled or if it was that maybe he wasn't going to have time to do everybody the end storyline to do them justice like they wanted. Right. So we had to pick and choose characters to kill off due right. to time constraints. Yeah. And I don't was gonna... know if that's what it was. That's what I like to think. Uh, that's what I'm going to think just because uh, I, I don't want to believe that Joss Whedon really wanted Shepard book and um, Wash to to die in the end. Not in that way. That's what I was going to say, is I actually had that written as my next note now that we talked about both of those characters, Book and Wash. And Mr. Um, Universe, I know, we learn about right, in well, the movie Serenity. That's what I was going to say, is we'll probably talk about the movie a little bit later, but um, just real quick, in terms of their deaths, I agree. I, I mean, it was obviously emotional for the fans who were so excited about this movie to come out because they didn't think they were going to get a movie. They yeah. just thought, oh, well, this ep- this is going to end after 14 episodes and I'm done. So to see all these characters again and then to have them die so quickly it, without it, any sort of... Um, there there was like a very short memorial scene at the end with Zoe looking gorgeous, by the way. Um, yes. We, you know, showing all of their graves and that was very, very nice. But it was like 30 seconds out of a two-hour movie. And I'm like, when we've been attached... Mr. Universe, sure, he was a great character in the movie. But when we've been attached to... Played by... Yes, what None is his real name? Other than... Uh, give me just a second. Because I always... His, you can give his credits I was going to say, um, I always call him Bernard. He will always be a Bernard. Um, he played Bernard in the Santa Claus. He's most notable for that, in my opinion. But he was in a bunch of stuff. Actually, was David he... David Krumholtz. Was he in Freaks and Geeks, or am I making that up? Uh, I feel like he might have been in Freaks and Geeks. Let's see. He, he's been in a lot of things. He's done some voiceover work. Um... He was in 10 Things I Hate About You, yes. The Santa Claus. Uh, I don't see Freaks and Geeks on here. He oh, was. wait, no, he was in Freaks and Geeks. That is good call. I knew it. Okay. Um, um, and he was also in ER. Well. And funnily enough, yes. my dad hates this guy. <laughs> um, he hates, uh, he calls him Bernard from The Santa Claus. He will Claus. always be Bernard. He will always be Bernard. Um, sorry, uh. That's what we see you as. That's that was my childhood. That yeah, movie. David's a huge fan of this um, podcast. So. <laughs> uh, maybe he is. Um, <laughs> anyway, so my dad's favorite character in the TV show ER mm-hmm. uh, was killed by David Crumholtz's character mm-hmm. ENR. And he ER. has never forgiven him. He was just in a few episodes. It was just a few episode arc, but he ends up killing. Uh, what was his name? I have no idea. We'll have he to, always yells it because we'll have he gets to phone mad. him in about so, it. So anyway, uh, that's just a, a neat little tidbit. Yeah, he he's uh, he apparently never Mr. been forgiven. Universe, which is a very you learn um, in Serenity who that is, 
and he's a very endearing character very quickly. He does a he does a good job. He's in a few scenes and he's he's a very good character. Um but like I was saying when we were so enthralled and so attached to characters like Shepherd Book and Wash and then to have them die in 2 seconds and not even really get to see Zoe fully feel it. I get I get they move that move on from it very quick. There is it it happens so fast yeah. and there's so much other stuff going on. The, you don't, don't have, have time. time to process. It just happens and they're like, okay, we gotta it. go. Honestly, realistically, in terms of the story, I get it. There was a bunch of stuff happening at that moment and they had to make sure everything else was was going. And I get that realistically, that they had to go that fast. But for the fans, <laughs> like they needed to have a scene, like at least a dramatic scene of like Zoe finally breaking down because we never see her break down. So to have her like even express more emotion would have been super powerful, but it was just over in two seconds, and she was fine. They did get, Zoe and Mal got that scene at the end of the movie, and I wrote I wrote down the quote, um, but they got that scene where they're in the middle of the ship, and they're getting ready to fly off again, and Mal says, um, you think she'll make it through this okay? Like... It, Quote, talking about the ship, but not clearly, talking about the ship. not talking about the ship. And yeah. then Zoe responds, she's torn aplenty, but she'll fly true. Yeah, she's she's torn up, but... So I get on. it. And that, that comes from that military background, 100%, I believe. The, like, the, the, the repressing feelings? Well, it's not necessarily repressing, because, you know, everybody processes differently. There definitely may be some repression in there. Mm-hmm. I feel like that may be kind of a given, but... It's the, you understand the bad thing has happened, mm-hmm. and it's it's not good, it's a bad thing, it sucks, but there's more to do. We have to keep going, because if we stop now, things could get worse. It's that right. type of mentality. Right, and so, and that's why I say it's very realistic. I yeah. get it, and I do, I, I might agree with you that it might be Joss's way of saying like hey I I only have two ish hours to wrap this up yeah we have so much else to do and I get it but I I just love them so much and maybe that makes it more heartbreaking maybe it was his plan to be like I just need to break everyone's hearts here and then move right along you know so but anyways moving along before we get too sad um next character up we have uh Morena Baccarin yes as Inara She is a registered companion. And in this world, the year 2517, she's treated almost like royalty. Like, companions are high standard. If you don't understand or comprehend what we mean when we say companion, it is probably what you're thinking. And they allude to it a lot. They call them whores, essentially. Yes. Uh, But that is it is a derogatory term, just like it it would be now. Um, Yes. Uh, But they are basically... uh, they, They provide a as dates uh it, they are a respected class in this it's literally like the this... word the word companion is they provide company whatever that may mean to these different customers yes we'll say so she could be a date somewhere she could be more than a date somewhere you know it just kind of depends she did say which i thought was interesting that in terms of being a companion and being a registered companion or whatever um they get to pick their clients yeah it, well it's a very prestigious thing mm-hmm. not anybody can do this it's uh it's a sanctioned thing they go to this one place they get trained they get trained it is 
it, they get trained in like manipulation. Like they're they're essentially spies theoretically. <laughs> yeah, they spies. could be. They um, could be. But so they are very uh, respected, and that is why Mal wants one on his ship because they can get you into places that if you are less than respectable, you would not otherwise be able to get Correct, in. correct. Uh, they, so she actually allows them to go places they wouldn't normally be allowed to go. Yeah, I, I love her character. I love... She's a great character. She's and very, very And her and Mal's dynamic, you love. Yes, I love it. He does not... I do not love it. I It's... It's... It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's toxic. <laughs> I do agree with that. I do agree that if you're fighting that much, maybe you're not meant to be. But, like, I, I think from the perspective of, like, a teen girl that has watched, you know, will-they-won't-they they stories like this her entire yes. life, I completely understand the Mal and Inara situation. It is a very... Uh, it's a common trope in Absolutely shows Absolutely like it is. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, it was in Friends, it was in The it was Office, everything. it was in, it, it was mean, everything. it's been in tons of things. I mean, hello, Ron and Hermione. Ron and Hermione, like, yeah, there's so a big will much. they won't they. Robin and Ted, like, it's just, it's, it, the list goes on, there's always that will they won't they thing, and so that one for Firefly would be Mal and Inara, and I think the back, their back and forth, their rapport is very, very cool. Well, she is very witty. Yes. She's very intelligent. I will say Joss Whedon, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, with Firefly, with Buffy, with all of the stuff that he's, he's got written, awesome like female characters, powerful female characters. He he yes. knows how to write powerful female characters for the most part. I feel like someone's gonna come for me and be like, actually, blah blah blah. But and I love the female characters that Joss has written. I think he does a really really good job. I love Inara. Um, also, her outfits are incredible. Anyway, yes, killer outfits, um, and she's gorgeous. She's Bellas. so pretty. She's gorgeous. She's so pretty, and also ladies. Like she's she's just so pretty. She was a uh, fun fact in Deadpool and Deadpool Two. Yes, what was she her name played, in it? Uh, she was the girlfriend. But you what keep was her name? Asking me this, and I don't know the answers. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. Um, Deadpool. What? Oh my gosh, it's not really said that much in the show, right? Uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah, I don't know that they really say her name. That she probably often. said it like for you know in yeah. the first one. But anyway, yes. So she, she plays Deadpool's uh, girlfriend. She was great. She was also in one episode of How I Met Your Mother. For yes, she was the crazy. She's crazy eyes. Yep. Um, in and the we will definitely, episode. we will definitely be getting to that series one day. Oh yeah, multiple um, episodes on How I Met Your Mother for this, sure. That was definitely one of the first series that we ever truly bonded over. Absolutely. We both were obsessed with the show before we even met each yeah, other. Yeah, I don't even think that we need to rewatch that one. We could just sit and do episodes on it. Multiple. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so that is Inara. I love her. Next up, we have my favorite character, and maybe yours, too. She's definitely up there. Uh, her name is Kaylee. She might be everyone's favorite character. I think she was just written that way, right? Like She's, she was written as the innocent character because you see all of these uh, morally ambiguous characters. Yeah, just fighters and Less warriors. Less than savory. Yes. Uh, willing to get dirty and... Then you have this sweet-faced, you know, grease on her cheek. Yeah. Um, but also, she's a genius in terms of she is, engines she and She is a mechanic for a giant spaceship. She, so knows, she knows everything stuff. about it inside and out. She is uh, a mechanical genius, yeah, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. She knows how engines work and how to fix things. But she's um, just so sweet. And she she's, is. She's... Uh, 
I just love her. The way that she's written is just so sweet. And it could be very, very easy for a character like this to become annoying or become repetitive or be yes. like, okay, we get it. You're nice. But that's and never again, been we, the case. We only got one maybe one season and See, a movie we could have grown to be like okay enough of Kayla. we <laughs> well, don't know what, that so that's what i keep saying is that like maybe maybe it was meant to be that it was only 14 episodes in a movie and maybe it's perfect for what it is and maybe it could have gotten ruined you know yes. if it kept going but anyway so kaylee is played by jewel state um i love her so so much and she just plays her so well i think and um the way that she interacts with the other characters is so natural, and I love her relationship with Mal. I think it's very sweet. It's a very father-daughter type, maybe brother-sister, but to me it feels more father-daughter type relationship, and, you know, he looks out for her, and she yes. looks to him for support and guidance, and I like their relationship a lot. I love her relationship with Inara as well. They're kind of like best friends who are excited to see each other, you know, when they've been apart, and I really, really like that. Um you know, I, also... I actually I actually read that um, she believed, uh, she actually said that Jewel, or I'm sorry, Jewel actually said that Kaylee probably should have been killed off. Really? In, in, the, in the movie. Why does she think that? Um, because of her upbeatness and positivity. She said uh... that... Uh, it was so difficult to sway and resist that it just like made the moments that she was in danger so much more tense it's because true. she was viewed as so innocent and naive and she was so likable that at the end when everything was going bad, it would have made sense for her to like for that little bit to go. Right. Um, right. So no, I agree that, with that. That was I thought that was interesting that she thought that she that maybe that that crewmate should not have continued after that. I she guess so. Have. I'm really glad they didn't kill her off. <laughs> but I can see where she was going with it. And I I mean, um, in the first episode, I mean, it was, it is a testament to Jewel State as an actress and to Joss's writing of Kaylee that in the first episode, we don't even know her that much yet. We've seen her in a couple scenes, but when she gets shot by accident, yes. everyone's like, no! Uh, yes, like, we're all so worried for her because she was like, just wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And just standing there being like, wait, what? And was just so confused about it all. And it's just a heartbreaking scene well, to watch. Her and Nathan Fillion both said that if they would have done that, that that probably would have been the most brutal, unexpected. Totally. Yeah. And, and, I feel like Wash probably was that. In, oh, in totally, state. because it was such a surprise to everybody, yes. and it was so quick that like he was in the middle of a sentence and it happened. When when they left, uh, because at this point Shepard is no longer on the ship. He is in. Uh, he's on a moon somewhere mm -hmm. with his own community. Yeah. Um, and so they land there and talk to him. They leave. They end up coming back, and he is dying. He the planet had they been, been attacked. attacked. Yeah. Um, I foresaw that coming when I when they when we found out in the movie that he wasn't with them anymore. I was like, they're either gonna find him dead or he he's gonna end up being killed yeah. at some point. I do wish Shepard Book was in more of the movie because he only got that one short scene with Mal, which was beautifully written yes. when they were sitting up there. You know, I think they were smoking or drinking or something at night. You know, when they had visited him in his village and. They were just talking like old times, basically. But it was just a very short scene. It was lovely. And then in the next the next time we saw him, he had been attacked and was dead. Um, 
so I just, I mean, I wish he was in more of the movie, but maybe it was that, like, that actor could only be signed on for that amount of time. He, yeah, I, I don't know. know. Um, but that, that character that was, was Ron Glass. Yes. Uh, he has been in uh, several things as well. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he, talk about playing a character well, he played that character very, very well. And yes. his, uh, his conversations uh, with Mal were always interesting. His aesthetic, like, just the way he looked, uh-huh. he looked the part like yeah. i don't know like what he his character was and who he described himself as and in, in within the show he looked like that like that yeah. that made sense to me and the things he that saying. he said you believed him you know like yes. everything that he talked about in terms of faith and just the things that he believed we were like yeah i mean that sounds that sounds right you know he he was he was great he was a good time and so, so Ron Glass he was also in the TV show in the 70s and 80s Barney Miller he played a detective in that show. He's been That's funny. Uh, on episodes of Agents of Shield, uh, CSI, uh, yeah, CSI. Uh, he's done some voiceover work. He was in the movie Lakeview Terrace. I believe that had Samuel Jackson in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been in uh, several different things as well. He was. He's just. He's a great actor. He's a very nuanced actor, and his death scene. I mean, I would argue that he got a bit more of a death scene than Wash did, right? He did. He, his was a little bit more drama. Because he got a little bit of closure because you got to talk to him. A little bit. And him and the fact that Mal was the one that was holding yes. him was a big deal. Because they had butted heads mm-hmm. and they didn't see eye to eye. There are a lot of religious uh, overtones and, and not even really overtones. There's just straight up, like, they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say this is, like, a preachy show or an no. anti-religious show or pro-religious show. There's just showing, like, how, again, it, it seems like it was uh, maybe a little bit of take on the times or what should have been the times. And maybe we should look at that now. But how people can have these different views but still cohesively live together yes absolutely i definitely agree with that and i love watching that um we have two characters left that we can talk about at the same time yes Uh, brother and sister yes they they um are pretty much i mean i would say the focus of the majority of the conflict yes they are are the 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 center the nucleus yes of a lot of the issues the crew of the Serenity, which is the name of the ship, in mm-hmm. case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> Firefly comes from the class of ship that yeah, it is. Yeah, the brand, I guess, so, uh, is the Firefly brand? Well, they call it class. So okay. they call it Firefly class ship. And then, the, and then uh, Mal and then named the ship Mal Serenity. Mal named the ship Serenity. So After a, the Battle of Serenity Valley that he and Zoe fought in. Yes. They were part of the Independence who fought against the alliance that we right. mentioned earlier. So Simon and River are their names, um, and they got uh, roped in to this motley crew of space cowboys because they are on the run. They are on the run. Um, uh, Simon is played by Sean Mayer, mm-hmm. um, who was in... Uh, he's done a lot of voiceover work. He uh, was Nightwing... And he's played Dick Grayson. He's done voiceover work for Teen Titans Go, uh, the Teen Titans animated uh, movies. That's um, he's so done, cool. He's done a lot of voiceover work. He's I didn't also know that at all. Uh, been in an episode of The Rookie. 
He's been yep. in episodes of 911. There, uh, we'll talk briefly about this maybe later, but there's a lot of instances where characters from Firefly they play together, they meet together again in other shows. And I love later it. On, in the other movies. And they always, almost always, somehow make some little joke. It's usually just, just very, it's just for like fans of Firefly. But you, they'll, they'll have some sort of inside joke between uh, whatever characters they're playing and something else. But it has happened on multiple occasions. Yeah, I love it so much. In the episode of The Rookie, um, Sean Mayer plays like a crazy person. He like Oh, really? Yeah. He, um, the, so he's, I think, he's threatening. He's got like, it's like a hostage situation, if I remember correctly. He's got hostages in a house. And he um, like, t- he straps himself to like the fireplace or something and he's got like a gun or a bomb or something like that. Um, so the Nathan Fillion as the cop has to come in and talk to him and they have the scene, just the two of them. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's Simon and Captain Mal. It's like the coolest thing ever. It's very, very nice. Um, and then that also happened in castle. Um, when Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion in castle played a writer that, um, works with the police force in order to get ideas or, or hands-on experience for his books. And so that's kind of how it all starts. But, um, who was it that was, that was, it, it might've been Alan Tudyk. It was someone else from Firefly that guest starred on an episode of Castle. And it might've been Alan. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but anyway, his co-star from Firefly guest starred and they had so many, like, Firefly inside, inside jokes. jokes. And there was a point where Nathan Fillion dressed like Captain Mal for Halloween. And his daughter was like, what are you wearing, Dad? And he's like, I'm a space cowboy. What do you mean? You know, like, it's And then just... he, like, looks directly at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Straight on, looking Pretty right sure. in the face. Just a little wink. No. Um, the, the, the best one that I've seen was in Percy Jackson. Okay. Uh, he, he plays, I believe Mal plays... Hercules or Nathan I, Fillion is it? Nathan Fillion, yeah, he plays he plays somebody, and and Percy this. goes to him and they make a joke and she has not seen this film. I will show her that. I'm not gonna tell you the joke. Go give us an. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's uh, funny. And so r- next we have River, um, yes. Simon's sister, played by Summer Glau. Yes. Uh, again, who's done a lot of stuff. She is. So, in I mean, this character is very, um, I would say, interesting and fascinating anyway, but she brings such a, like, a humanity to her, and she, I mean, you just feel for her this entire time. Yes. Like, yes. she, you know, you have no idea what she has been through when she was basically a toy or an experiment for the Alliance. She was poked and prodded and, you know, stuck in the brain and all of this crazy stuff, so, like... No wonder she's such a troubled kid, and I get it. But I mean, she does she does some crazy stuff throughout the series that you feel for her, but it's also very frustrating, in my opinion. Um, but I think I think Summer Cloud does a really really good job, and her whole thing in Serenity, her whole fight scene. Oh, yes, that that is a classic scene. So I, good. Even before, so this is actually the first time I've ever watched Serenity. Mm-hmm. I've watched Firefly years ago. I watched it, and this was my second rewatching. So I was not as familiar with Alyssa as uh, as she is with this series. Yeah, and I had never seen Serenity, but I knew that image of Summer Glow 
holding that axe and that sword and, and like standing looking in, down. And it's just like her silhouette looking oh. down and just dripping blood. Everybody knows that that scene does a classic, classic image. That whole image. thing, like she, I mean, it, I and I told Dalton this while we were watching it, it's like, it was a dance. Her whole, that whole section of her taking out the Reavers, it was like her against 50 Reavers or however many were in that room and she took out all of them and she was, I mean, it looked like a dance. And that's what I was going to say is that, um, there are always allusions to the fact that River used to love to dance. And so even in the episodes of Firefly, you see that come out. You see that. I, I always love that scene where she, they, they're in the town and they come upon this like festival where everyone's dancing. And she looks down at their feet for like five seconds and memorizes the dance and just jumps in. And it's just like joyous. And I love that because you hardly ever get to see River happy and joyous and you know being excited about it she's almost always just scared or tortured you know and so i loved that scene fun fact the cast did a lot of their own stunts throughout this no way yeah specifically nathan fillion and summer glow they did a lot of their own stunts. that's awesome i love that i love that um that is great so i think so those are those are the characters i know we talked about a bunch of the episodes while we talked about these characters um, but I would like to know, what is your favorite episode of My Firefly? My favorite episode of Firefly? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, that's a tough one, you know, because I've only seen it twice at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of great episodes. Uh, as we were watching it, Alyssa was like, oh my gosh, this next episode is so great. <laughs> and then that one would end, and then we'd see the next one that would come up. She was like, oh my gosh, this episode is so great. <laughs> it's true, and, though. And there's just so many great episodes within this. Uh, I believe the second episode, uh, the train job, mm. uh, is is got to be one of the one of the best ones. That's a great but one. But then the uh, one later, uh, I believe it is episode... Six, I think the R. Miss Reynolds. Okay, Christina Hendricks. Special guest Christina Hendricks. Yes. Um, I think that one's a really good one too. Yeah, I thought I that was that a, a good. And then of course Jamestown. Jamestown yeah. is was a great one as well. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's just so many great episodes. I would agree. It's hard to pick just one. I do love R. Miss Reynolds. Um, I think Christina Hendricks' character is very very interesting, and she does show up again. She in a does later show episode. up again. Um, um, much later, but she, one of the last episode. I think she does a great job, but I love that episode. I think my favorite episode would have to be Out of Gas. Out and of I told Gas. you this. Ooh, that's a good one. And I, but I remember like when we had chatted about it. Um, I like a show with some flashbacks and some origin stories, and you maybe yes, not we, of that. Yes, we were talking about this as the as we were watching this episode. Um, flashback episodes are very. It, in my opinion, they can go one of two ways. They can be either good or bad. And to me, this one is not a great one. It's uh, it's it's it's, I, it's kind of bad to me. <laughs> I don't like the okay. We're gonna have three different timelines, and we're just gonna intercut all of them in betwixt each other. <laughs> uh, I get that. I definitely get that. I think I think it was especially poignant in this episode because. Mal was running out of air, one, in in the current time. He was running out of air and trying to get the part up to the engine, and he was falling all over the ship. And so you would you're, you are to believe that he's remembering I, I get, when he met all of these I people. I get why they did it that way. It doesn't mean that I like I get the it. way that they did it. Oh, I totally it, understand that. 
And, I mean, call me simple-minded. I don't <laughs> think that's what it is. I just like it more linear, I guess. I don't no, like... that makes sense. ...it cutting between present time and then it's future, and then now we're going back to before, and yeah, there's, no, like, I definitely... four different periods of time that we're visiting, and it's not all, like, linear. I get that. And it doesn't always explain sometimes it takes like oh this 45 seconds into this scene i'm just now realizing that now we're in a flashback yeah it it doesn't necessarily relay when it is a flashback efficiently i get it i get it i think i i definitely understand that school of thought but i i don't know it's the same reason why i like um the order of the phoenix out of all of the other harry potter books and movies because they flash back to Harry Potter's parents yeah. and them going to school and all of that stuff. And I love seeing that. It's the same reason why I like Out of Gas. It's like, I want to know you how do, they all met. You do love a good origin story. Right? I just I just love it. Just, just a good flashback to be like, let me get a little bit more insight to who you are now. Because we haven't seen how and you guys met each other yet. I believe I, I told you this the other night when we watched that episode. I, I like a good origin story too. I would have wanted a little bit more. Like, I, yeah. I would want almost an episode entirely devoted to how Mal met each of his crew. I would love as that. As opposed to, you know, five or six minutes. Right. I would love that. And maybe, like you were saying, maybe that was a plan later on if they were going to continue with the episodes, you know? Um, yeah. I, I would definitely agree. So I have a couple of, um, A, iconic quotes from the series and from the movie that a lot of Firefly fans would know and love. And then I also have a few quotes that I really, really like separately from that, um, just so that I can throw them out there. Um, So the first first few, like I said, are ones that a lot of quote-unquote brown coats will be familiar with. Um, There's one that, you know, I aim to misbehave. Yes. Is written on so much Firefly merch. There's, I saw, like, actually a couple months ago, I saw someone with a bumper sticker that said, I aim to misbehave. Um, and that obviously was uh, Captain Mal. And I think that was, it might have been in the, was it in the movie? I can't remember. It was either in the movie or one of the later episodes where he they're making a plan. They're all sitting in the kitchen making a plan. And at the very end, he's like, I aim to misbehave. And everyone just ran with it. Like, yeah. everyone who just loved it. So, I Am To Misbehave is the number one. Um, no Power In The Verse Can Stop Me mm. is a big one. Because um, Kaylee, actually, I didn't remember this until this last time that I watched it through. Kaylee says it first. And I didn't really remember that, but it was when they were fighting over the apple. Mm. Kaylee and River. And they were laughing about it, and Kaylee got it. And she was like, No Power In The Verse Can Stop Me. And it was funny. But then later, when River shoots those people, I think, were they Alliance? No, they're Niska's guys. They were Niska's guys, yeah. yes. River, you know, looks at them for three seconds and knows exactly where they are and shoots them with her eyes closed. Yes. And then turns to Kaylee and says, no power in the verse can stop me. Yeah. And Terrifying. now everyone's like, it was, oh! <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was funny and cute when Kaylee said it. It was absolutely terrifying after <laughs> you just saw... Tiny little summer glow. Uh-huh. Close her eyes and shoot three guys that were body armored assault oh, yeah. assault rifles. And that's something I want to touch on real quick while yeah. we're talking about it. The weapons in this film. So the aesthetic is 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 very peculiar. Mm-hmm. So you'll go to one planet and it's old west. 
and you <laughs> see Mal and the rest of his crew, and they all kind of dress, uh, at least Mal and um, Zoe. Zoe, they dress kind of Western attire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Wash that kind of dresses like Hawaiian shirts. Mm-hmm. Jane kind of wears like cutoff shirts and just t-shirts, like graphic tees. Uh, Kaylee usually wears a jumpsuit. Then you have the doctor who wears almost, uh, not Elizabethan, um, like 1800 style suits. suits. Yeah, like Prim and Proper. Uh, And because of that's where he was from. He grew up on on a terraformed planet that wore 18th century, you know, dress clothes. Yeah. Uh, but then you go to other places, and sometimes they dress like we dress now. Sometimes they dress uh, in, like, weird football pad armor kind of stuff. Like It's th- all it's, different. It's all different. But I did I did notice, costume-wise, that there's this through line There's of, like, Western meets um, almost, like, Chinese culture. Yes, there's a lot of Asian-inspired music featured throughout yes. the entire... Uh, film series and the movie. Uh, there's also a lot of what sounds Middle Eastern style with yes. like sitars. Totally, and, totally. Uh, that kind of thing. And, and they then, obviously, their slew of Chinese curse words that they use. That is the prominent thing that you <laughs> notice is that sometimes characters say things in a different language. Yep. And that is, in fact, Chinese. Yep. Um, and they are saying typically swear words. Yep. Most of the uh, Chinese things that they say are legitimate Chinese persons. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a list of some of my favorites. Oh, great. (laughs) Um, They have a lot of them. One of the most common things that you hear them say, it's a big, long phrase. I don't want to say it. I don't want to butcher it. I'm not proficient in that language in any sense. Uh, but it essentially translates to stupid inbred stack of meat. Wow. Uh, that is, it's very aggressive. You know, probably the most common one you hear is go ram. Yep. Which I don't believe is actually Chinese. I think it's just a uh, mild version of one of our curse one words. One of our curse words, GD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's just a mild version of that. Um, they say. Uh, she knew a lot. I think that might be right. Uh, it basically just means cow sucking. I, okay. I guess that just kind of means that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it makes sense. Um, we have Holy Mother of God and all her wacky nephews. Um, Amazing. I believe Wash says that. That's really um, funny. At some point. It's one of those really long phrases. That's that almost my favorite. Muttered. There are definitely instances where somebody just starts saying a a string of Chinese words and you just know it's like okay that's gotta be good yeah and there's it goes no, on forever there's no subtitles to let you know what it means which I think and I talked to him about this earlier too is that I think that's it's you almost you oh me <laughs> you said him I'm like who's him <laughs> you are him you are him you are him um I talked to you about how I almost kind of like that it, there aren't any subtitles because it leads the audience to like just use context clues. Yeah, you kind of like, understand kinda know what, what they're mean. what they're saying. It's like, well, or like even I get it. there are several times, there are several instances where you know that it's not a curse word. Like wash, there's one point where Wash says something in Chinese to Zoe before she goes out on a mission, mm-hmm. and Zoe says, "I will." 
So you know he said, yeah, be, be careful, careful. Yeah. you know? So it's just, I mean, it's Joss Whedon being like, y'all are smart, you can figure it out. And you it's know? interesting to see what parts, because even, you know, you hear the overlay of music that's like the backing track of what's going on yeah, in the scene. Uh-huh. But even when there's music inside the show, with actually like, oh, they are actually in a bar and there's music playing... It, it is still that either, you know, sometimes it's that Chinese vibe or sometimes it's the Middle Eastern vibe. Mm-hmm. They still hear that. Yet the a lot of the places they go is like Western attire dress, Western attire dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also have the weapons, which look like not modern necessarily our day, but they look kind of... They have a lot of revolver-looking pistols. Right. They have a lot of long rifles that look kind of like shotguns or just mm-hmm. long rifles. But something that uh, was cool that you, that you pointed out was that they all they all look old-fashioned or from our time, but they sound they like make, space They things. make Star Wars laser blaster noises. <laughs> and that's it's, so cool. It's so interesting to see. Um, but yet they also, like, when you see the impact of someone getting shot, it looks like they got, like, you, you, they would have been shot with a bullet. Yeah, and it might, it might still be a bullet, and maybe it just sounds different in space, you know? Yeah. Like, I just think that's really and cool. And so all of these different cultures are coming together, and it's like, well, actually, there's, in the future, it's all just going to be a mishmash of everything. Which I kind of love. It's, I think it's that's definitely cool. an interesting idea. Is that they just take things from different cultures and kind of adapt. Because they're, I mean, they're not even on Earth or on a planet anymore. They're up in the sky. So they're like, what does it matter up here? Let's just dress how we want to dress, you know? Yeah. And I do, going back to like the Chinese culture of it, it is kind of implemented in the costumes as well. Like you see you sometimes... Kaylee has this, like, Chinese kind of jacket that she throws over her, like, jumpsuit, like you were talking about. Um, And there's, you know, a couple of different uh, Well, Jane wears a lot of graphic tees that have... Oh, Chinese symbols. Chinese uh, characters, alphabet characters on it. Um, And the shirts have different things on them, but they all appear... Chinese, you know, that yeah. type of art style yeah, totally. uh, that is uh, known over there. Yeah, I love that. So there's several uh, things that I want to kind of talk about real quick. There's um, like kind of behind the scenes, Easter eggy kind of things. Okay, cool. Um, before we wrap up, if you know, in Serenity, when Mal, there's a scene where he has a shirt off, you see stars. Yes. All over his body. Mm-hmm. And that actually correlates to episodes of firefly oh cool like I you mean, I see would think there's so. an episode where uh he is fighting for uh anara's honor yep and they have an duel and he gets, he stabbed. gets stabbed you see the scars from where he got stabbed that's cool and so just keeping that continuity even two years removed from the series yeah. i thought it was really cool that's very cool i like that um I do have, I have a couple of quotes too while you're looking for your yeah, next one. Okay. I still have a couple of quotes. Um, so just the more famous ones. We have Can't Stop the Signal. That's, that's part of the Serenity movie. That's part of the movie. Serenity movie. Uh, Mr. Universe says it, uh, but it's a lot. That that one kind of was taken and ran with very much in terms of the merchandise. I see a lot of Can't Stop yes. the Signal merchandise. Uh, and that is a very much uh, something that is relevant in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found out something bad that the government had been hiding mm-hmm. and they were like, we need to like, tell everyone. Everybody needs to know this and you can make correlations between, uh, 
maybe Edward Snowden and what he did and Julian Assange. Totally. Even, even to an extent what's going on now with the GameStop thing. Maybe, like, yeah. Well, now we're changing the rules. So, I mean, I just thought like even today this film and this movie series is relevant today. It's very, very true. And then, the, so the last one of the like more iconic quotes I have, because the rest of them are just quotes that I like, are, um, it's what Zoe says when Mal says, uh, I think they go back to rescue Simon and River when they get kidnapped and they, they're they about to get burned at the stake. Yes. They come back down to the Another town to rescue great them. Episode. A great episode. Um, and uh, Mal says, well, looks like we came here just in time. Zoe, what does that make us? And Zoe says, big damn heroes, sir. <laughs> yep. And everybody has said big damn heroes since then. It's a it's one of the more iconic quotes. But there's another quote from that same episode that I think we have t- we had talked about after we watched it was at the end when they're all back on the ship and Simon asks Mal, why did you come back and save us? Like, you don't even like me. Why did you come back and save us? And he said more than once. I think he said a couple times, you're on my crew. Yeah. And the final one, he's like, you're on my crew. Why are we still talking about this? Yeah, it's like, and hey, that's, we, I may not like you as a person, but you are part of my crew, and I will have your back. Yeah, no and that's, I mean, what. that was an early, early testament to Captain Mal as a character, I think. And we were like, we know exactly who he is now, and that's, I mean, that's really cool. So we have talked about, in the movie Serenity, how Shepard and Wash get killed. Okay, yeah. Um, and there's a reason behind it. Allegedly. Okay. I'm not 100% sure that this is fully confirmed by Josh himself, uh, but in an article I was looking at, uh, most blockbuster movies and series, they're typically set up to have, uh, especially now, a universe mm. or sequels or they're setting up for more movies yes. so they can make, of course, more money. So this kind of thing, Serenity was the same thing. They were trying to set up for more sequels. Some of those sequels being a Wash spinoff and a Shepard book spinoff. And reportedly, both Alan Tudyk and Ron Glass were going to be unable to participate in the spinoffs. So that is why Mm -hmm. they were chosen to be killed off. I don't know if I believe that, but I guess it makes sense. I guess. (laughs) Um, that is reportedly. Yes. So what, it hasn't what, been proven, but it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. I would love as a fan, I would love a wash spinoff or a shepherd book spinoff. Definitely sure. a shepherd spinoff. That would be, but I, don't I know, think that would be insane. Yeah, oh, totally. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if that was like the true reason behind it. That's interesting though. That's interesting that that was brought up. All right. I got just um, a couple more fun facts. Sure. Um, so in Serenity, the, the giant Reaver ship that was destroyed by Serenity's gun, uh, if you remember when they're going through and Mal's out on that gun that they had mounted on top of Serenity, that ship that is looking at them, that he all of a sudden is like, now, and turns and shoots yeah. and blows it up, that ship was actually Betty... The ship Betty from Alien Resurrection. Oh, really? Yes. That is funny. That was was what the ship had been modeled after. It was supposed to be that particular ship. That is funny. Uh, That correlates to one of the quotes that I have left. And it's the one that we laughed at. um, I think it was last night or the night before. 
Wash is talking about River, and he says, psychic? That sounds a little bit like science fiction. And Zoe said, we live in a spaceship, dear. Yes, that was a fantastic line. That's so uh, good. Science fiction is like, okay, dude, it's <laughs> we're flying around the universe in space. We are science fiction. It's like, so good. It is now science fact because we have made it so. It's true. It's true. And then another funny one is, I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. Yes. That's that was now. That was the episode. Uh, that was just very briefly. They were... It was a deal gone bad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They, they got, like at the beginning of an episode. They got robbed, but mm-hmm. they didn't really get robbed. And Mal was dressed like a woman in a bonnet and yes. overcoat. It was great. Um, and then last but not least, my last quote on here is a little bit more sentimental. Um, and it is, when you can't run, you crawl. And when you can't do that, you find someone to carry you. And that episode was so good from beginning to end because you didn't really know where it was going. No, that was... You're right. That was great. Great. It was so, so good. Um, All right. So to finish up, like we have uh, for the past couple episodes, I guess, uh, we have got one more quiz that we're going to take. And of course, since we're doing Firefly, this is going to be which Firefly character are you? I'm very excited, and also I'm curious to see these questions because these characters are so different. I'm wondering if yes, we're gonna like these are, we, know. We, we, y'all may get a, a a look into our psyche here. Right. There, there are some deep questions. All right, here we go. Whew! Question number one. This will one. be brief. There's only nine questions. Yes, and then we will wrap it up. Um, question number one: Morality is relative. A harsh mistress, best seen and not heard, what guides us on the right path, or a concept that I ain't on speaking terms with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of more a realist, I guess, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with the one that actually sounds more like a definition. So what are you going to, which one? The It's what kind of guides you to the right, right? Okay, so that's the one you're going with? That's the one I'm going with. I'm going to go with relative. Morality is relative. Oh, morality is relative? Okay. I mean, I would agree with that, right? People have different morals. I guess that's true. Uh, who's to say whose morals are more right than anyone exactly. else's? Exactly. Um, someone is. They <laughs> do, right? Uh, okay, so this next one is interesting. This is going to be a... This is There's just six pictures in front of us. It says, pick a boat. That's another thing. They call... Spaceships, boats in the Firefly yeah. universe. So mm-hmm. it says, pick a boat to crew on that ain't yours. So this is six different pictures of spaceships throughout history. We have the Millennium Falcon. We have uh, the Starship Enterprise. We have the uh, what is the ship from Hitchhiker's Guide called? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah. I'm glad that you know all of these, though, yeah, because I don't know, I, you know these. these other threes I don't really recognize, and I'm sure we will become after uh, for not knowing these. Uh, but just so, just silly. which one Which one are you going to choose? You can describe that one. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think I almost have to go Millennium Falcon. Okay, which one? Is that the fourth one? Yes, that's the fourth one. Okay, that's what I, I figured. I'm going to have to up you, and I guess myself, because I only knew half of these, <laughs> uh, on our spaceship game. What was the first one? What's that one? Uh, Starship Enterprise, Star Trek. Star Trek, okay. And then the Hitchhiker's Guide one is the... Is the last one. Oh, yeah! Okay, I'm going to do I can't the... remember what they called that. I'm going to do the Hitchhiker's Guide one. Okay. 
All right, with the purple bellies and the reavers floating about, that's something that we didn't touch about, the reavers. Oof. Uh, I mean, I would I would argue that it might be one of the, like, scariest, quote, like, big bads of yes. a lot of TV they series. They are essentially humans turn with their morals essentially erased and their aggressiveness turned up to a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're just brutal... Um, Monsters. Yeah, they're just brutal, basically mangled humans. They cut their faces up to make themselves look Mm -hmm. crazier. Zoe has Um, a really, really uh, haunting quote when Simon asks about it that um, I kind of don't want to repeat just because it's kind of scary, but if you want to look that up, uh, she explains everything that Reavers are in one sentence. And when Simon hears it, he's like, well, okay. (laughs) Terrifying. So, with the purple bellies and the Reavers floating about when you're out in the black things can get awful dicey. What do you depend on most when you commence to fighting? Myself, my crew, my gun, my ship, my god. Oof. I'm gonna Uh, say... I mean, I think it stems from your crew. Like, you have to have good people behind you to have success. So that's what I'm gonna say. I was also gonna pick my crew. Alright, question number four. Where do you head to when you aim to misbehave? See y'all, I told you. I told you. Alright, where do you head to? To the nearest Alliance bar to pick a few fights. I can misbehave just about any place. People head to me when they want to misbehave. Saucy. (laughs) Or, yeah, I'm kind of a square, so no misbehaving. Or, so misbehaving ain't for me. I gotta pick the last one, because I am kind of a square. Yeah, I think you'd have to say that. (laughs) I'm gonna say I can misbehave just about any place. (laughs) Yep, that sounds about right. Alright, so on Persephone, which is one of the planets that Mm -hmm. were terraformed, you load up on foodstuffs for Serenity. But when you open the containers, they're plumb empty, and you've been hornswoggled. <laughs> How do you respond? Well, I immediately turn the ship around to calmly discuss getting my credits back. I'd come up with the most excellent plan to rob him blind. I wouldn't do anything. I expect I'd do the same to him if I had the chance, or I reckon the hornswoggler would meet with some violence. <laughs> um, I would immediately turn the ship around to calmly discuss getting my credits back. You would definitely do that. <laughs> I would... Probably, uh, I'd come up with a plan to rob him blind, probably. Oh, very or nice. Or the, the horn swagger would meet with some violence. Mm. I, I think it would probably have to be that one. The violence one? Yeah. See, here's the thing, is that we're learning things about each other right now. I learned that my husband would last way longer as a space cowboy than I would. <laughs> because he, I mean, he's answering questions like a true space cowboy would, and I'm like, can't we just all get along, you guys? <laughs> okay, number six. How ornery would you say you are? Damn ornery, what's it to you? I can be ornery at times. Not ornery, more independent. Or are you kidding? I'm an angel. I'm going to say I can be ornery at times. I mean, I would be willing to say that you're an angel. That's very sweet. But I I could, I, I mean, I can be ornery. We fought before. I could be ornery at times. I suppose. I would have to say I'm damn ornery. <laughs> I'm pretty grumpy old man, even though I'm not old. Well, well I mean, I guess I'm old. <laughs> Alright, you want to read number seven? Uh, yes, ever get light-fingered with someone else's belongings. You know, do crime. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite lines in the movie. It really when is. When Simon, Simon is early on in the series, Simon, they're on the train the train job. Uh, and mm. Simon asks Kaylee, what are we doing? And Kaylee simply responds, crime. <laughs> it's awesome. We're doing crime. Uh, so, 
That ain't kosherized where I come from. <laughs> Not as far as you know. When don't I? Only if you need it more than they do. Never. Oof. Um, I'm going to say... I almost said that ain't kosherized where I come from, but I think I might do never. Never? Okay. Yeah. Uh, not as far as any of y'all know. <laughs> okay. Moving swiftly along from that before we get any more elaboration. <laughs> What's the... Uh... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to perjure myself. <laughs> number, number eight. What is it that gets you petrified? Being alone. Being alone in my head. The thought of losing someone I love. Or being corpsified by reavers, that's enough fear for any man. These are all good, but I'm going to go with the thought of losing someone I love. Uh, I'm going to agree. That's really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say being alone in my head. That See, you know me really well. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's up there as well. All right, last question. What's the best part about being a pirate? The loot, the thrill of the heist, the fighting, the fame, the camaraderie. I'm going to go camaraderie. See, I am too. I'm, I'm all about, you know... Few close good friends. Totally. That's, that's, uh, so who are you? <gasps> you guys, I'm Kaylee. Oh my gosh, we are the same. I'm Wait, you Kaylee got Kaylee well. too? I'm Kaylee as well. I actually love that for us. It says, you're the beating heart of the serenity and it's your love and humanity and a whole lot of jury rigging and technical know-how that hold the ship together. You're earnest, truthful, and just so damn shiny that even the orneriest sobs in the verse seem to find a way to love you. Aww. All right. I everybody. love it. That's so sweet. I feel like I I might be like the like the nice sweet version of Kaylee, and you're probably like the mechanic version. <laughs> that's you that's know? a good call. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is another episode wrapped up for us here at the Magic Fandom. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us once again. Thank you guys so much. We've been having so much fun with these, and we hope that you guys enjoy listening. Um, should we announce what we're doing next? Yes, like we said here at the beginning of this podcast we are currently uh, going to be going on a brief little series run and that series is the short-lived series series uh, <laughs> mouthful there um, so next up next week we will be discussing the Judd Apatow classic freaks and geeks yes i'm so excited for this this i mean talk about origin stories yes this was... a lot of your favorite uh stoner comedy <laughs> and, i mean even just normal comedy normal comedy uh, and even some serious roles in there yeah uh, a lot of your favorite uh actors and actresses got their start here on freaks and geeks yes and we will be talking about that next week so come on back next week and join us for that Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. All right, and play us out.